Welcome to Voices of the Valley, a series interviewing growers, entrepreneurs, educators, and technologists who are inventing new solutions for today's and tomorrow's challenges on the farm. Brought to you by Reedley College, educating the next generation of agriculturalists in advanced technology, efficient production practices, and food safety. Now here's your hosts of Voices of the Valley, Dennis Donahue and Candace Wilson. This is Dennis Donahue, and we're back again uh, with Voices of the Valley with my good friend Candace Wilson, but a different type of episode. Candace and I uh, had the uh, privilege of knowing a, a pretty special person, Hank Gicklis, who was our senior vice president of science and technology for a number of years. And unfortunately, he passed away recently unexpectedly, and Candace and I were chatting about it. And we just thought he was a very, very special person. And in fact, Dave Pouliev, at some point, I, I really uh, love the phrase he came up with when he was letting us know in the Western Growers family that he had never known anyone with a bigger heart and a softer soul than Hank. And so that's the type of person he was. But he was also important to the industry and to a lot of people and really accompanied the Western growers world the past couple of decades in a lot of key moments. So we thought it was a uh, life worth remembering. Candace, did I get that right? I think you summarized it beautifully. And I'm well, looking forward to hearing from the next series of guests. Well, you know, for Hank, I wanted to try hard. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, so joining us right now is somebody who worked very, very closely with Hank uh, a few years ago and on an ongoing basis is a good friend of Western Growers, uh, Joe Pizzini, who uh, worked with Hank uh, while he was running Ocean Mist and the, the uh, president or the chair of the Central California Growers Shipper Association and now with Taylor Farms. Joe, uh, thanks for taking the time for joining us. I was particularly pleased that you agreed to do this because I know you had a good, close working relationship with Hank, and I'd love for you to uh, just kind of share your observations about Hank, type of person he was, the things you were working on, and uh, what he meant to the industry. Well, thanks, Dennis, and I uh, appreciate it, and Candace, for being here today and being asked to do this. It's an honor. Hank was a, you know, he was a wonderful guy. And you're going to hear that from a lot of different people. And certainly he was an unsung hero of the industry. I got to know Hank in a real pivotal time in the produce industry right after the 2006 spinach food safety outbreak. And as you mentioned, Dennis, I was the chair of the local grower shipper association. And we're kind of at a ground zero of, of that whole investigation and the stop of the industry all around illnesses related to spinach. But how I got to know Hank was we worked together on trying to create metrics, come up with standards for what eventually became the California Leafy Greens Marketing Agreement. So this was an audit program that would we felt would lift the bar on food safety and provide a standard that we could all live by that would make a difference in, in food safety for produce. And so Hank, he was really instrumental in uh, helping guide us. And, you know, kind of talking through the different options with standards and metrics, and they were controversial. And this was a pressure cooker time. There was no doubt about it. A real heightened awareness of what was going on in the industry around food safety at the time. But Hank, he introduced me to the whole concept of a construct. I didn't know what that was. And certainly putting a straw man together. So all this around putting forth a kind of a proposition, if you will, that we could all work off of and develop and really work through a process to create standards and metrics. And we did this in a number of different cases. And then 
and Hank kind of carried the ball with the industry through Western growers, of course, in proposing these standards. Because the LGMA doesn't create the standards, it accepts those quality standards, in this case, food safety standards from the industry. So Hank was really instrumental in really carrying the water, doing the heavy lifting on helping us develop standards. I mean, we sat for hours talking about water quality, buffer zones, you know, the the mode of potential contamination and mitigating uh, measures that we could take and risk assessment. I mean, Hank was, he was an authority on all this. And if he didn't know the answer, he knew where to look to help find it. I mean, it, it was some really heavy lifting. And like I said earlier, he didn't want any credit for it. He was there at the benefit of the industry. And this was a time, a really pivotal time of the industry, kind of a reflection point around food safety and, and the, the future of, of produce. You know, I like what you said. He didn't want any credit. And looking back at that time, because I think most people, particularly in the Salinas Valley, remember that era. And when you think about it, one, it was amazing how, relatively speaking, that fast that all came together. And you think about, I mean, I certainly think about your role. I know uh, A.G. Kawamura was involved. But, you know, Hank really sounds like he was really the quiet man behind all this, The you know, kind of the glue that kept everything together. It, it's funny because you know, Hank's a, a real big, tall guy and, you know, you're not going to miss him in a crowd. But he was able to work behind the scenes largely which was kind of ironic in that respect. But he was kind of the, the glue to, to help us through a process that none of us had ever worked on before. We don't own audit programs. Um, this isn't something that we do on a routine basis. And yet here we are as industry representatives trying to create something that was practical, that would make a difference, that we could live by and we could implement and get compliance from largely everyone in the industry at that time in California. So it was no small undertaking. And yet Hank was kind of the, the technical expert, the, the science behind what we were trying to accomplish. But really to be carrying the water with Western growers in the industry to put these standards, these metrics forward uh, to help us create a you know cohesive program that's still ongoing today. And it has made a big difference. Well, one of the things that I always appreciated about Hank was, you know, watching him and the different committees at Western Growers. It was never about his personal agenda. It was about what's best for the industry and what is the board looking for and the committee members. Can you give some other examples of when you're working with him and how he his ability to just stay focused on the task at hand and be just a really a good representative to not the industry? just his selflessness? Well, you really have to look at kind of painting the picture of the times. And you had a lot of influences, a lot of, I mean, we're talking political, we're talking industry-wide. And honestly, agriculture is really fragmented by commodity, by size, by growing methods, by geography. I mean, you name it. But Hank was able to kind of look around the room, listen to what people were saying, and pull all these threads together to weave something that we could all work with. You know, and that's where the construct comes in. That's where that whole idea of putting a straw man out there. And he had a unique ability of listening to all the divergent groups. I mean, they were all over the board at the time, probably still are today. Um, (laughs) But he was able to help weave all the different interests, all the threads together. And he would do it in a really quiet, concerted way. And And he didn't have an agenda. He was just looking out for the best of the industry. 
So he's always composed, sticking with the plan. Did you ever see him get really excited in a good way? The celebration of success. What would make Hank kind of burst out of his shell a little bit? Uh, I don't know if I ever really saw that. Um, I mean, he obviously was happy when things were were going well and certainly in the ways that he would contribute to that. I've never seen him burst out of his shell. But I will tell you something else about Hank. And this is something that sort of he and I, would we got to know each other a little bit on this level too, is I happen to do a lot of running and it's still a hobby of mine. And I happened to mention this to Hank one time and not to expect him to say anything really about it, but it turns out that I think his daughter was a, quite an athlete and a runner. And so whenever we would get together, and obviously we were working on industry issues, but we'd also talk about, you know, what, what was the latest run that I'd done or, or latest race that I had run in and how did I train for it and uh, all that sort of thing. And so he was interested on that level, kind of on a performance level. And, and that probably relates to the industry as well, because he wanted the industry to perform well even under really difficult circumstances. And so we would kind of share sort of the running philosophies and stories, uh, even though I don't think he personally was a, an avid runner, but his daughter was. So that, that was always kind of cool. And I'll always remember that about him. We shared some conversations as well about swimming because I was trying to train for a triathlon and complaining to him one day about swimming. Is <laughs> worst. It is so hard. And he loved swimming. And gave me all kinds of pointers on how to be swimming and stuff. And I still almost drowned, but I remember that today still just about how sweet he was and really trying to help me. But see, that was his nature. That's who he was, was no matter what it was, probably, whether it was swimming or running or helping the industry, it was all about helping people, the industry be better, uh, raise the bar. And so, and I think he genuinely cared about that. He really did. That's that's who he was. Yeah, no, I think that's right. You know, I'm still kind of thinking to Candace's question, that, you know, having worked with him for a number of years in a number of capacities, he remained pretty even keel, but he was always personally interested in you. If he was talking to you, he was talking to you. So, you know, he had that gift, but no, you're right. I don't recall. We may come across a few of the folks we visit with. They may, they may know about those moments, but uh, I, right. you know, but I think his steadiness was one of his great traits and, you know, what you described, Joe, uh, kind of the disparate nature of agriculture in general. That's probably exactly the type of temperament you needed to uh, keep people on task and uh, get some results. You know, the, the other thing about Hank is, I mean, he was really smart. And sometimes I think he'd have to kind of pull himself back a little bit to make sure that all us dumb farmers in the room, you know, were, were on board with what was going on and what he was talking about. But that was no problem. He could easily do that. But you could just tell his mind was going, he was always looking ahead, you know, at the possibilities of what could be, what should be. And, you know, again, that that's another thing about him. He was always looking ahead. Well, just kind of summing everything up and kind of a final reflection. I mean, you've laid out a number of areas. What do you think he meant to the industry? You know, because that's really one of the, re- I mean, we want to celebrate his life because he was just a fine human being and he really was. And, you know, he loved his family. But, you know, we also wanted to kind of pay tribute just because he was a significant player. And uh, but he was behind the scenes a lot of times. But everyone knew who he was. Well, I mean, without a doubt, the industry wouldn't be where it is today on the development of food safety standards, on the development of just best practices and advancing the knowledge without Hank's input, without his help. 
And yeah, he was behind the scenes and he didn't want any credit. But for that period of time, you know, from whatever, 2006, probably even before that, you know, all the way up till he retired. I mean, he helped pull the industry along. And a lot of people don't realize it and uh, maybe didn't work with him directly. But he really did do that. And he helped make all the rest of us better. He, he truly did. So, Well, I think he did a pretty fair job of his significance to the industry and conveyed the warmth and type of person he was. So, Joe, we appreciate your time. Okay. Thanks for joining us. And uh, I'm glad you're in the building these days. So I'll look forward to running into you in the hall. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. I'm glad, I'm glad to see you in the building as well. Yes, yeah, it's good okay. to be here. Believe me. All right. Thank okay. you. For Thanks, Joe. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Our next guest is uh, Edwin Camp, who is the president of DM Camp and Sons. And uh, they've hung around the Bakersfield uh, area for a few generations. And the uh, current president, uh, Edwin, has uh, had a longstanding relationship with Hank. And so could think a few better people to visit with as we pay tribute to Hank and uh, get a little insights into the man. Edwin, welcome. And thank you for joining Candace and me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And in fact, before we got on the air a little bit, you know, one of the reasons, because I know as a WGA chair, you kind of encountered Hank early on in his tenure at, at WGA, but you also had a personal relationship with Hank. So uh, besides knowing what a high quality individual he was, you know, you knew him as a friend. You know, I did. And I believe Hank became a Western Growers employee about the same time I came on the board. So one early memory I have of just getting to know Hank, and we were considered rookies when the executive committee went to Mazatlan for a strategic planning session. And you knew if you were a rookie, it wasn't going to be all good for you. So uh, (laughs) Hank and I, uh, I'll never forget, you know, I happened to be able to uh, get rid of most of my jello shots under the table while Hank at dinner was given, it was like a two foot by two foot margarita. And um, (laughs) violently, Hank did his best. But uh, through dinner, I noticed Hank disappeared at a restaurant. And um, I went looking for him and I found him asleep on a bench in the lobby. (laughs) That was Hank. You know, take the beating, but just take it quietly. <laughs> that was one of my uh, one of my early memories. But Hank was a became a good friend, and he, he and his wife Kathy, to uh, my wife Kay and I, uh, we didn't see him much, but we loved seeing him. And you know, just really salt of the earth, great people. Well, you know, you're still on the board several years later, so you you had an opportunity to kind of watch him in action, as it were. What was his uh, impact on the industry, do you think? You know, he just, you know, he was so knowledgeable about so many different things. And that's what Hank was. He, you know, humbly became the go-to guy. I mean, when I first knew him, he was the political affairs, you know, in Arizona was where his work. Then he got shifted to Sacramento, same job. And it wasn't long after he was shifted back to Irvine to start the science and tech program within Western Growers. <laughs> and I got to say, uh, you knew his family loved him because they were pulling up stakes pretty often there for a while, following him around. But, you know, it was really interesting over those years. You know, I don't know. That's been 
how many years Hank did that, but he became the guy, you know, you saw what he did in the industry. I mean, Leafy Green's program and really started, you know, the science side of life where he, he was able to actually help those of us in the field, boots on the ground with, you know, getting help quickly on certain materials. He was able to maneuver within government circles to get materials out quicker, you know, and so forth. But I want to go off base here a little bit. Hank, I found out, had, I don't know, I found this out at he and Kathy's house at dinner. I think it was in 2003 when I was chairman. That annual meeting happened to be in Scottsdale and Hank and Kathy lived in, you know, in the Phoenix area. They had us over for dinner after the annual meeting. And it was there where I found out that Hank was a Steve Martin fan. And it was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, you know, probably 20 years later, Steve Martin and Martin Short are now touring. And we met Kathy and Hank down south for a Steve Martin, Martin Short performance. And before the performance, we were talking about a number of things. And I said, Hank, you know, I just happened to ask, what, what are your retirement plans? And he didn't answer me. And he looked at me and he said, what do you know I don't know? <laughs> and <laughs> I just started laughing because <clears throat> here is, you know, Mr. Leafy Greens, Mr. Science and Tech, the highly respected Mr. Food Safety, all of his work, all of the things he's known and respected for in industry, government, and research circles. And, <laughs> and he, he's scratching his head, you know, who's trying to get rid of me? And it's like, nobody would ever try to get rid of you, Hank, with what you've done in the industry, you know? And also, I found out after dinner, and at the Steve Martin performance, Hank had a great gut laugh. <laughs> Didn't hear much. I heard it that night. I'm just, I don't think I've ever heard it. Wow, lucky you. I love to hear that. So it is one of those things, Hank's big laugh. He was always so stoic and so composed and put together and really thought through how he, you know, how he presented himself and I won't forget several different times and I don't remember the content, but I always recognized it when he had a big smile and one of his big laughs because they were rare moments, but they were so contagious. They were. He, he was pretty low key and he kept it under wraps professionally, yes. but uh, it was wonderful when you could get him to let loose a little bit, which wasn't that much, but it was pretty good. Well, I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall to hear your very serious conversation about Steve Martin's work. You know, did, you know, I always like to tell everyone, you know, the jerk is actually a true story of somebody's. And you know, so I, I'm sure you two uh, had some good laughs over Steve Martin and Martin Short. So we appreciate that insight. And, you know, you really, I'm intrigued by, you know, because he obviously had a hand in starting the innovation group, the innovation center, but, you know, dial it back, you know, and, and I always tell people, you know, Western growers re really made a unique and I think smart move to get, you know, really embrace innovation in a structured physical manner. But it sounds like, you know, at some point, Western growers said science and technology, we really want to embrace that. And the fact that Hank 
got that going. I mean, because it's really one of the best things Western Growers does. And so to think he was there at the beginning, I, I'm sure it's got to bear his uh, fingerprints every step of the way. You know, it does. And <laughs> when you step back, when he was first brought back to Irvine, I think his title was Science Tech and Strategic Planning. And when you look at that today and it's like, you know, those are three different objects that full time for, for people in today's world. But, you know, Hank would attempt to tackle what he knew was his walking orders. He didn't just tackle it. He did it well. And, uh, you know, he knew where to tap into sage advice and expertise. And I saw him do that. You know, and he, he had a, you know, you never please everybody, but you have to hammer out a program, you know, like Leafy Greens or, or whatever. And, and um, he, um, I'm sure, had many moments of indigestion in doing these things, but he got them done humbly and with good help. He knew how to plug in. And on the tech side, you know, like you said, he had a hand in the innovation center, but you look at how that exploded towards the latter part of his career and has just taken off. And that alone, it's pretty amazing what's occurred in the last 10, 20 years there alone. But he was right there involved. Well, I think that, you know, like you said, you know, when he started, you know, the science and tech group, it was three jobs rolled into one. And you're right, he'd got results. You know, there was a finish line in a lot of his work in terms of projects and that sort of thing. And so, you know, and I'm not going to say he made it look easy because, you know, he worked hard, but he, he was just good at what he did and very effective. Yeah, he didn't. No hoopla with Hank. Just get it done. There, well, I like that. No hoopla with Hank. That may, that may be our tagline to, uh, <laughs> to uh, for this particular uh, episode. Candace, any final questions for Edwin? And before we ask for a final reflection... I don't think so. Thank you so much. Well, at least you, you, at least you got your personal story and I'll, uh, you know, I'm not sure the same thing as being asleep on a couch and uh, Massillon is quite the same thing, but uh, you're getting closer. I know. I love it. I love it. It's a great memory and a good story for sure. Well, Edwin, as a uh, colleague and friend, uh, you know, you've really uh, painted a nice picture of Hank. So let me, let me have you finish up with some, any final thoughts you have. You know, um, couple of things, I think. Hank comes from a family of highly intelligent people. I think his mom was a doctor of some type. And, um, you know, his daughter, Hannah, is becoming a doctor. And his son, Henry, is a financial wizard back in South Carolina. And, you know, there's no lack of uh, brains in that family. But I think what I love about Hank, he did a couple of times talked about his you know, his love of farming. They had a family farm, and I think he had to ask to go work on it, you know, some summers and some time there in, um, in Arizona. And he loved it. And I think that instilled in him the love for agriculture, particularly fresh produce, and his loyalty to Western growers and the very growers he's serving. And he lived that out. He did a great job doing that. And <laughs> he was so happy when he and Kathy retired to Albuquerque because now Hank was going to be able to farm his own 
he planted a bunch of fruit trees and he was going to have some fun. And, um, you know, he just had a love of farming farmers and, and the industry. Well, those are some great words. And I, and I'm glad you snuck the word serve in there because that's, that's what he did. So we appreciate you joining us and, uh, helping pay tribute to Hank, really some nice words and thank you for sharing them. My pleasure. Thanks, Edwin. And, uh, both Candace and I will look forward to seeing you at some time in Bakersfield. I look forward to that. Sounds good. Thanks, Edwin. Okay. Thanks, Edwin. Thank you. Nice to meet you, Candace. Same. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, we're continuing our tribute to uh, Hank Gethless and joined by uh, Bruce Taylor, who is the uh, chairman and CEO of Taylor Farms. Bruce, thanks for making for some time to uh, talk about somebody we all think is pretty special. Yeah, great to be here, Dennis. One of the things we're just asking our guests to do is just kind of reflect a little bit on the type of person Hank was, your professional interaction with him, and then just from your perspective, what he meant to the industry. You know, you've got a, a pretty fair vantage point of uh, all things fresh, so uh, right. enjoy hearing your thoughts. Yeah, I guess I characterize Hank as the gentle giant, obviously a very big, imposing, confident man. Always enjoyed working with Hank. He was patient. I guess that's probably one of the most important attributes, always smiling and yet always a bulldog and pushing forward. And so that's what I really like most about Hank is he was, he was persistent in pursuing the good of the industry. And he wanted to do that through science and technology. If you look at the leafy green marketing agreement, that was a huge breakthrough to get growers aligned with food safety. And Hank knew that that's what had to happen. And he led that charge to get that whole initiative started. He was a strong advocate for data, right? And we've found over the years, we've talked at many Western Guards board meetings about the importance of data because you learn from that. You learn where your risk factors are, whether it's water, whether it's pathogens, whatever other vectors there might be from a risk perspective. And Hank was so smart about all that that he just kept begging the board and the board members to give me your data so I can then help you, right? Let me help you. And so very, very progressive from that perspective. When I look at the Center for Innovation and Technology here, it's in Salinas that you run. Uh, when I was chairman of Western Guards, I had the, and that was one of my initiatives was to get that started, to get that off the ground. The reason being that our industry doesn't usually collaborate. We're competitive. And we tend to hold things close to the vest. What we thought as the Western growers' perspective is we'd be so much better off if we would start to collaborate and work on innovation to speed innovation, to provide funding uh, from an industry perspective instead of an individual company perspective. And Hank really thought that was the right way to go as well. And that's where he was so helpful in creating the Center for Innovation and Technology here in Salinas. So that's probably one of his several legacies for the industry. The thing, the thing about Hank, it, it was never about Hank. It was never for Hank. It was always for the industry and for the greater good. Uh, and for that, we're eternally grateful to have his leadership in our industry over the many years. Boy, that's really quite a testimony. Universal goodwill is uh, pretty hard to find. Right. We're a very competitive industry and people, uh, even though we operate outside most of the time and people can see what you're doing, we think we have secrets. <laughs> and uh, Hank was really good at uh, kind of laughing. He would just have this grin on his face and he'd shake his head and he said, let's, you know, we're going to be a lot better off if we work together. And one of the things, you know, the legacy you mentioned about the Innovation Center and technology, and that was another great vision that, you know, the technology needs to scale. 
And, you know, again, that idea of, well, I got to figure it out myself that, you know, Hank always struck me as a pretty fair connector because he knew everyone, had everybody's trust. So you couldn't have asked for a better guy to help launch this thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, you know, it requires collaboration. And Hank was the, the ultimate collaborator in terms of bringing interesting parties together who might not usually work together and bringing them together to be able to create something better. And so that's where he was so effective in doing that. Yeah. Just uh, kind of as we wrap up, uh, my partner, Candace, this is a serious moment, but she's kind of mischievous. And uh, <laughs> as we've talked to a few folks, she's kind of interested in, uh, you know, some personal reflection or a personal insight. You know, Edwin Camp uh, was just visiting with us. Yes, no, it's easy to laugh if Edwin's right. involved. Yeah. You know, so he was sharing about... I, I can't top Edwin already. I'll just okay. take it that right now. Well, I'm so. pretty sure it's hard to top a uh, yeah. uh, really tall uh, yeah. margarita and you find him asleep on a couch later. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, any you know, kind of personal re reflections as we close. Just the Western Growers Board can be an interesting and... Um, uh, what's the right word? Stubborn group <laughs> of people. And Hank, you know, with his way, with his smile, with his persistence, with his patience, would pull this group forward. Many in this group, you know, their first thought is, I'm going to do it the way my grandfather did it. Right. And that's that's not the way this industry is going to be successful moving forward. Hank was so good about showing people the opportunity to do things better, whether it's food safety, whether it's innovation, whatever it might be. But he did it in a way that was amazingly effective because he wasn't beating them over the head. He was just gently with a smile on his face, pulling them along. And so that's what I really liked about Hank. Very effective. Well, those are some great words. Candace, anything from your end before we close? I don't think so. I love just the consistent themes that we're hearing from everybody this morning and all highlighting just what an exceptional man he was. Well, I liked your question so much. I stole your thunder. So that's quite all right. You're, we're still going to uncover a few stories. I have a really we, good we are. <laughs> I Dave? have no dirt on Hank. Well, we weren't looking for dirt. <laughs> we weren't looking for dirt because, you know, in fact, that'd be a fool's errand based on everything we know about right. Hank. You weren't going right. to find any. No. So that'd be a, that'd be a dumb thing. Pretty, pretty angelic. Yeah. yeah. That's that's exactly right. So, Bruce, thanks very much for making right. a few moments. Thank to, you, Dennis. Uh, great great to spend some time yeah, with you. Thank no, you we, we appreciate it. And, uh, You've really uh, thrown in some just some terrific words on Hank's behalf. So All thanks right. for that. Well, good luck with this project. It's a great project. Well, it's a good, good one. We, we believe in it. Thank good. Thanks, Bruce. All right. Well, Candice, we're going to uh, continue our conversations with Peter Wren Hilton is going to join us. And what I like about talking to Peter, I always like talking to Peter. But on this particular topic, it really speaks to uh, not only did Hank have an impact on the Western growers, members and throughout our country. But uh, Peter, as we were talking about, he was a global guy. So, uh, you know, thanks for joining us. And uh, wonder if we could kind of start with your sharing your reflections on Hank and the type of person he was and how you first met him. No, that's great, Dennis. So look, my memories of Hank are wonderful. I guess that's probably my first uh, statement. Just wonderful memories of a very tall and gentle man. We first met, recollecting back in 2015, when I was actually living in Sunnyvale, Silicon Valley. 
And I became aware of this new investment class called AgTech. Didn't really understand very much about it, but coming from New Zealand, where we have such a strong agricultural economy, I thought I'd better get my skates on. And in the two or three months I did some research, I came across Western Growers. And that's when I made my first visit to Salinas. And I think, Dennis, you may well have been there at that time. Um, Well, things moved quite quickly. Things moved quite quickly. I I brought the first New Zealand agritech delegation over to the Bay Area in 2016. And we spent a couple of days in Salinas. And that, as you know, was the first of many such delegation trips. Hank, at the time, was really keen to learn more just about how the New Zealand ecosystem worked. He was fascinated by the concept of a strong sector collaboration between industry, research and government. It was something I don't think he'd really experienced either in Sacramento or in Washington, D.C., and just found that concept of those three key heads working together interesting. He had the opportunity to learn more about that firsthand when he travelled to New Zealand in 2018 for the formal launch of Agritech New Zealand. I was the founding uh, executive director of Agritech New Zealand and had invited Hank together with a number of other friends of WG to come over, people like Aaron Makukatai from Finisterre Ventures, Adrian Percy, who was then head of R&D at Bear Crop Science, Claudia Rochler from Microsoft and others. And they spent a week in New Zealand and it gave Hank that kind of first-hand experience of what we'd been talking about in the previous um, two or three years. There was one particular meeting during that visit that stands out. We visited the kiwifruit plant and food research facility in Tupuki in the Bay of Plenty, which is where I live. And we walked onto a couple of orchards. And because of Hank's height, he had to keep ducking under the canopy. Otherwise, he would have just kept connecting with large amounts of kiwifruit. But while we were there, Hank listened intently to the scientists who'd accompanied us who were talking about the science that the new varieties of kiwifruit uh, were created. And we finally got to the tasting area where we got to taste some new cultivars. These included kiwifruit with a distinct chili flavor, but the variety that most impressed Hank was a soft shell kiwifruit where you could actually eat the entire fruit. You know, Hank absolutely loved it, but he was surprised when he was told that it would take at least another four or five years before that particular fruit might become commercially available. The whole concept from beginning of a cultivar to uh, commercial development can take up to 10 years, I think, again, was something that surprised him. But nonetheless, I think he learned from that visit the value of research um, in New Zealand and that connectivity between research and industry. Over the week, while Hank was in New Zealand, he met government officials, he met senior researchers and agritech companies. And often in the same meetings, and I think this was what he began to understand as the collaborative framework that existed over here that impressed most on his visit. Following that, we continued to stay in touch. Um, Obviously, I was based in New Zealand and Hank was in California. And I was fortunate enough to visit Salinas twice before we finally entered into lockdown at the beginning of 2020. So my memories of Hank are of a really gentle, caring man who took a great interest in everything we talked about. From my perspective, and I know if I can call it Team New Zealand, Hank is already sadly missed. Well, those are some really terrific words. And, you know, it's interesting. You know, you had some periodic visits to Salinas and then you hosted him for a week. Uh, You know, just there's really just been kind of this common thread, uh, you know, a gentle, caring man uh, along with all of his uh, intellectual attributes, which were substantial. And, uh, and, you know, and we've also heard 
what a collaborative person he was. So I'm, I'm sure the approach of New Zealand to the whole ag tech scene really did appeal to him. You know, those three uh, elements, industry, government, and education, they're in the same neighborhood, but they're not, sometimes they're not at the same intersection. And, uh, you know, and I, I know he felt very strongly about that. So now we, we know uh, what kind of uh, spurred that on. Candace, anything from you? Do you know, when I'm ta- when you're thinking about kiwi fruit, I'm also, I love this association because now I'm always going to think of Hank and being able to eat the outer portion. Both of my kids prefer to eat the kiwi like that. I don't understand, but that's how they eat kiwi. So now I'm going to, I'm so glad you shared this story because now I'm going to think. Well, of- well soon there'll be a variety that they actually should eat it like that, right? Because we're about five years out from that visit, Peter. I'm, I'm going to be on the lookout for it. <laughs> Perfect. No, really looking forward to that, Dennis. And yeah, just to reinforce, you know, Hank was a great man and uh, spent many happy times, you know, talking to him, you know, about collaboration, both when I was in Salinas and when he was over in New Zealand. But yeah, and it's great that you're providing this, you know, great tribute to him. Well, he certainly deserves it. And, and you know, what's interesting is that trip, uh, besides the relationship, it's been built over the years with uh, WGA and uh, the New Zealand ag tech community. We were also able to do some reverse engineering. You know, it was always kind of hard to get the attention of Microsoft up in Washington, but, you know, we could do it in New Zealand. And I'm pretty sure the Microsoft people in New Zealand are as sharp as the Microsoft people in Washington. So it was interesting in my mind. I mean, it was very strategic in the sense that, you know, because we sometimes challenge with the specialty crop world not being big enough to scale, but if we can build relationships with countries like your own, then all of a sudden our world does present some scaling opportunities. So I think it was a real testimony to Hank that he felt it was important to build that relationship because it was ultimately going to benefit our members. Yeah. Well, as I said, it was uh, highly valued here. And just pointing out, going back to that comment you made about Microsoft, I'm delighted to say that many of the senior executives in um, Washington state are actually Kiwis. <laughs> so uh, a, a number of New Zealanders did move from New Zealand to Washington state and sit in you know, relatively comfortable positions in Seattle, just outside Seattle in Bellevue. So that relationship's a valuable one, not just to WG, but also to, to New Zealand as well. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. And I think this speaks to uh, your regard for Hank, uh, you know, you're taking time on vacation, observing your 25th wedding anniversary, and that's a happy occasion. And uh, But th- the fact you were willing to make some time, I think, speaks to just how you felt about Hank and what he really meant. So thank you for doing that. No, absolutely. My pleasure, Dennis. And lovely to speak to you both again. Terrific to uh, see you as always. And uh, we'll uh, look forward to uh, your Oceana Summit in the next several weeks. But uh, thanks for uh, your terrific words about a good friend of all of ours. That's great. Love love, love to speak to you, Dennis. And love to speak to you, Candace, again. All of our best. You have a good day. Thanks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, Dennis, I sure hope that all of our listeners have enjoyed the reflections on Hank's life as much as I know you and I have. They didn't have the benefit of seeing the smiles on everybody's faces as Hank's friends, you know, were able to tell the stories of some of the lasting impressions that um, Hank left on their life. So we started this out thinking, you know, Let's put together a tribute that also is kind of a celebration of Hank's life and his contributions to not only the industry, but also to the world in the sense of what a wonderful man he was and how how dedicated he was to his family. So I think we did that pretty successfully. Well, you know, the we is the the seven guests who are frankly standing in the front of a line that would have been really lengthy 
that would want to weigh in on uh, Hank's life, type of person he was, and, and contribution to the industry. And you can just keep going on and on. There are really a lot of superlatives that can clearly apply to him. But uh, And I like the phrase you use. I mean, we were all really yeah, devastated. Uh, you know, I mean, just the world didn't seem as quite as the same, you know, as good a place without without Hank in it. But I, I think the folks we had a chance to visit with helped uh, really animate that phrase, celebration of life. So hopefully we've done that. And uh, we want to thank our, our guests for uh, helping us do that. And uh, with that, Candace, we will be back to more routine voices of the Valley. But as we heard, you know, Hank was really uh, the inspiration around the Innovation Center, which led to a lot of our programming. So uh, the Voices of the Valley is part of his legacy. So the work will go on. Perfect. We'll see you next week, Dennis. We'll see you. I look forward to it. Thanks for listening to the Voices of the Valley podcast, brought to you today by Reedley College. To learn more about Reedley College's Agriculture and Natural Resources program and the courses offered in ag technology, food safety, and plant science, you can visit reedleycollege.edu.